Time travel, that's a complicated subject. Stephen Hawking tried to think about it, ended up in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, it's okay, I can make that joke. I have a friend who's a physicist. Uh. That's comedian Shane Moss in an appearance on the Conan O'Brien show. And all jokes aside, he really does have friends who are physicists and scientists of all types. Today, we'll find out how this emerging comic has become an unlikely science educator and learn why academics need stand-up comics. Hello, and welcome to the Chronicle of Higher Education's Relearning Podcast, a look at the future of education. I'm Jeff Young. I recently stumbled upon this stand-up comic because of his unusual science podcast called Here We Are. Each week, he sits down with a different college professor to talk about their research in plain-spoken terms. His primary interests are what make people tick and the meaning of life, so he talks to psychologists and evolutionary biologists. He jokes that he's unqualified to hang with these PhDs because he doesn't even have a college diploma. But because of his outsider status, he's bringing in new audiences to the latest research findings in many fields. Of course, Moss is not the only comic talking to professors. Stephen Colbert used to bring many on the Colbert Rapport, and they joke that they would get the famous Colbert bump in interest in their research. Lately, Moss has even started doing live shows of this podcast. And yep, the venue is a comedy club with a brick wall in the back and everything. He's literally bringing scholars into the stand-up world. And as Kate Nooner, a psychology professor who was a guest on one of his live shows, says, that's a public service. Really, all of us are qualified to talk about science and look at science. You know, what Shane Moss is doing is bridging a really important gap in terms of saying, hey, you know what, I am not someone who's had a formal education in this, but I'm curious and I want to think about it and see how it might be funny or interesting or useful. And it turns out there are even times when this comedian is teaching the academics that he interviews. He has a deadpan style, and when I talked to him this summer over Skype, I think I might have woken him up. It turns out journalists and comics might be on different time schedules. My first question was, how in the world did he come up with this idea for a science podcast? So the short version of how I came up with it, it was um, in, in the course of searching for... Um, new and unique ideas and things to talk about. Um, and also in the course of being in a new relationship and writing a lot of relationship jokes um, and writing a, uh, watching a lot more Animal Planet than normal, I, I stumbled across evolutionary biology and psychology that kind of um, changed the way that I looked at the world and... Um, I started reaching out to academics in the field and other, and a bunch of researchers and stuff. And a few of them got back to me. I was at the time trying to maybe put together a TV show or something. I had no idea what I was doing, but in meeting these people, I had such fascinating conversations that I decided that it would make for a good podcast. And so, and then I had a few friends in academia by the, by that time. So I just started um, reaching out to them and asking them for advice. And that's how I kind of ended up um, doing Here We Are. It sounds like a comedian doing, you know, primarily talking to academics, it seems you could say, stereotypically, it might sound like a misfit. What has your been experience, um, you know, having these conversations um, in a kind of entertainment podcast, essentially, or trying to reach a, a, an audience um, with with you know talking primarily to to scientists and academics well my goal with the podcast has always been to put the the science and the ideas um first and, and foremost and 
and in the in the beginning i definitely tried harder to crowbar in a few jokes here and there because i'm a comedian and obviously that's kind of expected out of my audience hmm. but as i the the less i i try to be funny on the show the the funnier i end up being and the funnier the guest ends up being too um my ideal podcast is very thought provoking a lot of new interesting ideas and insights and then um ho- hopefully um some some a few laughs along the way i guess i'm curious as as you've been doing this for a while what is your what value do you think you bring as somebody who's not in the not in that world and in fact in the comedy world well i mean a lot of things one I had a built-in audience that most academics aren't going to have um, from from my comedy, from having done TV appearances and whatnot. I have a uh, fan base already. Certainly, I'm better at comedy than them, um, which I mean it does it does help the medicine go down. And then also, I have I have I typically have a, just a lot more. Uh, I'm a very different person than most academics. I have been, um, I have, I have lived a adrenaline fueled, reckless life. I am not really a bookworm. Um, I've, I've done a lot of like blue collar jobs and that sort of thing. And so I'm offering kind of a fresh set of eyes and I also kind of understand some of the things that academics might take for granted that the listener is going to need further explanation on. Um, I, I basically assume that if I don't know it, the listener doesn't as well. Mm-hmm. And um, also I have this freedom to travel with my comedy so much that I can go around and talk with, a whole bunch of different people in a, in a bunch of different fields. Um, I feel like I'm kind of getting one of the best educations uh, that there is. A a lot of academics are kind of bogged down by data and kind of digging deeper and deeper into one specific field. And I'm able to kind of bounce around and, and uh, get a wide range of, of subjects and, so I think through that, I'm also able to put together some kind of unique and interesting perspectives. Uh, a lot of times an academic will be telling me about their work and and it will remind me of something from a different field that I know about. And, and so I'll tell them, I'll actually be teaching them something about um, something that's related, but they would have never heard about because it's just in a totally different field. Um so, so I definitely bring that to the conversation as well. What do you think that that you've that has been the most surprising thing as you go about and build your own education here, going around the world talking to scientists? I wouldn't have realized the support that I would get from um, both fans and academia. I have I have fans who have just put their own money into. <clears throat> into advertising the show 
just on their own. I didn't ask them to do this or anything like that. Um, it's, it's just something that they're passionate about and they want more people to know about. And, um, I've never even mentioned that on the podcast before that people do that. Um, I've never asked anyone to do that and it happens quite a bit. I, I have people that call and want to be research assistants and, um, and, or help out with PR work or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really incredible. Hmm. So what's next for the podcast? Well, I'd like to start doing more live ones for sure. I'm trying to sort that out. I'm yeah, I try- heard the one you did recently in um, with in North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think there's a lot more potential for the live one. Um, I do have TV show ideas kind of related to it that I've been tinkering with, but I don't, um, I don't put a lot of time or effort into that at the moment. I'm kind of uh, I kind of have an idea of of what ideally I want to do, and um, in the meantime, there's a lot of baby steps and compromises that will have to be made. So I'm kind of just waiting for to get more attention and more heat, so I can kind of call more of my own um, shots with with doing anything kind of TV related. It sounds like you're fascinated with the science that you end up talking about, but what is are you also, is this kind of a science literacy project in a way? Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like if I think one of the most important things that we should be doing is looking for ways to look at life in as many different ways as possible. And I think science is a really good medium for that. I also have a stand-up show about psychedelics, which force you to look at life in a different way. Um, I, I think that, that the more viewpoints that we have, I, I feel a, a lot of people are kind of stuck. Um, a lot of people are in ruts. Um, a, a, a lot of people haven't really done much to challenge their own attitudes they're they're like i am a democrat or i'm a republican and this is a very important thing that i am and there's no sense in looking at life in any other way than how the evening news tells me the evening news of my choice tells me how to look at it and i think that um if we want to advance our lives as humans we're going to have to start challenging ourselves to take a take a bit more of a challenging look than that how did you uh, is there a quick version of how you yourself got into comedy i it's something i wanted to do my whole life um i since i was like nine or ten years old i had the idea that i wanted to be a stand-up comedian and i was planning on as soon as i was 18 i was gonna move and start stand-up comedy and i kind of ended up getting a lot of blue collar jobs to save up money and do this and that and didn't really work out that well for me. Um, so I put it off for five years or so. And then I ended up taking along with a friend and moved to Boston and started out there and things kind of progressed pretty quickly for me actually. And since then you've been on, um, Conan O'Brien and had specials. Yeah. Netflix and comedy central. And yeah, it's all, 
it's all worked out. It's it's more a matter of keeping the ball rolling and keeping um, it, it's it's easy for a career to plateau in comedy, and then once it plateaus, it starts to dip after a while, and people lose interest. So um, it's nice to have new projects like this that that get people's attention. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you for your time. So Moss is clearly transdisciplinary. His podcast isn't perfect. There are times where he rambles a bit and the interviews can be unfocused, but he does put his guests at ease. Most weeks, the scholars sound less like formal researchers and more just like people at a bar or maybe at a comedy club talking about the meaning of life with a friend. And that just doesn't happen much in media portrayals of scientists. This has been the Relearning Podcast. It's part of the Chronicle of Higher Education's coverage of innovation at colleges. You can find a link to Shane Moss's science podcast, Here We Are, on our show page, chronicle.com slash relearningpodcast. And he has a comedy tour coming up that you can find out about at shanemoss.com slash goodtrip. If you like this show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please take a minute to rate or review us. Today's episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. Our theme music was by Jason Cadell. We'll be back in two weeks with more conversations about the new learning landscape.